So the meeting will now come to order for the Iowa City Climate Action Commission on January 9th, 2023. Uh, we will start with a roll call. Uh, Benjamin Grimm. Uh, Matt Krieger is excused. Matthew Walter. Here. John Frazier. Present. Gabriel Sturdivant, present. Uh, Michael Annan Lynch. Present. Elizabeth Fitzsimmons. Present. Jamie, is it Gade? Gade, yep, present. Uh, is it Michelle Silman? Yep, okay. present. And Jesse Leckband. Present. And Stratus is. And we'll note that John Fraser and Jesse Leckband are appearing remotely via Zoom. And we have approval of the December 5th, 2022 minutes. Is there a motion to approve the December minutes? Ein and Lynch, motion to approve. <clears throat> Anybody second? Uh, Walter, second. All right, so we have public comment items not on the agenda. Um, just a reminder, are there any, well, are there any members of the public present to comment on items not on the agenda? As a reminder, um, commentators shall address the commission for no longer than three minutes and remind commissioners that they cannot engage in discussion with the public concerning said items at the time of discussion. There's nobody present here, so we will move on. Are there action items from the last meeting from staff? Action items from last meeting. Uh, Becky was going to send uh, information on the IRA to uh, Ben Grimm. So far, Ben is not here to confirm that. Um, ben Grimm is also going to provide information on the Northwest Junior High electrification uh, projects. Uh, with Ben not being here, we can follow up with him next time. Next, under the announcements, we have upcoming events. There will be a speaking of um, session on January 23rd. This will sort of be a uh, best of session, um, taking questions from the greatest hits of uh, last year, and the public will also be able to submit additional questions. There's also an Accelerating Black Leadership in Sustainability uh, presentation on February 9th. Um, two black entrepreneurs um, in the area of solar installation will be presenting. It uh, should be a, an amazing, uh, very interesting uh, presentation. Uh, one of the installers operates in the Iowa City area, and the other operates in Chicago, um, installing both solar and electric vehicle charging. So if anybody is interested, that, that should be a very good uh, and very interesting presentation. Uh, next, under announcements, we have the working group updates from the um, resilience hub prioritization. If any members from that uh, working group would like to share any updates. Um, yeah, we, at the last working group meeting, we shared um, our recommendations for potential uh, resilient hub locations with staff um, for a review. And then we are looking um, for our next meeting, we're looking at resilience hub um, information from other cities that have already implemented something like this. So we'll be reviewing that and discussing in our next meeting. And I'm curious to learn what 
<laughs> I mean, it looks like staff has already reached out to some of the organizations that we recommended, so I'm curious to hear more about that. And if that's all we have for the um, Resilience Hub Prioritization Working Group, next item under the announcements is the introductions to welcome new members. Uh, Michelle, if you'd like to get us started with um, a quick introduction and what drew you to um, the Climate Action Commission and, um, and uh, what you um, personally you might do to reduce your carbon footprint, maybe? Sure. So um, uh, my name is Michelle Silman, and I currently work at the University of Iowa in the School of Journalism. Um, I am the internship coordinator as well as um, do high school recruiting and reach out to alumni and direct the Iowa High School Press Association. Um, and uh, I guess, um, you know, Caring about the planet has, is something that is, has been, you know, a lifelong interest of mine. Um, some of the things I do personally is I have a hybrid vehicle that I drive, um, and, um, and I have in the past um, used the bus system because Iowa City has a great bus system, so um, I've used that to, as a way to get to work, and also um, I grow vegetables at home and I um, and I compost and um, and try to limit my car my personal carbon footprint as as much as possible and um, and I just in, have been growing a, a pollinator garden in my house and um, and I just like to look for ways to try to improve you know the quality of um, of life and um, and the quality of the life life of the people who I interact with. So those are things that are important to me and um, and uh, drew me to you know participating in this commission and being able to learn more about you know what's happening in Iowa City and be more involved in it. Thank you, Michelle. And uh, before we move on, I'd like to note that uh, Ben Grimm has joined the meeting uh, via Zoom. I was just going to say that. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> right, Jamie. Would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah. Hello, Commission. Um, I am Jamie Gade, and I work with Johnson County Public Health. Um, I've been in public health for about three years. Um, I started in 2020, so it was a very interesting time. Um, I really am interested in, in this commission because we have done, I would say this summer, we started to kind of look at climate impacts on health and we looked at different ways um, department-wise where we think it kind of, we were trying to look at the best area, I guess, to measure effects on health. There are so many areas, so it's really hard to narrow it down. Um, but we ended up just looking at effects in, of heat on health and kind of behaviors. Um, and so in the summer, we kind of went out and did door-to-door -door knocking and kind of asked some folks, you know, what do you do if you don't have um, AC or do you even have AC or, you know, where do you go? So kind of, kind of you know, behaviors, I guess, around that. Um, but it's just really interesting. I think when you dive into it, there's so much I don't know um, that I would just love to learn more because it's definitely an area where we need to focus on more because this is really the future of 
of health too, and climate is, is gonna impact health in so many ways. Um, so planning for it now is really important and I look forward to learning a lot and also advising if I'm able to on certain aspects um, relating to public health. But um, yeah, excited to be here. Great. And um, before uh, uh, you introduce yourself, Lizzie, we'd like to note that Stratus has joined the meeting in person. Okay. Um, hi, I'm Lizzie uh, Fitzsimmons. Um, I'm a student here at the university in um, getting a bachelor's in environmental science. Um, I'll be, I'm a senior, so I only have one semester left. Um, I, uh, I joined the commission, I guess, being an environmental science major. It's a little bit of obvious reasons, but um, just like uh, I did the climate ambassador program with Sarah uh, last year, and that was really interesting. And so I kind of wanted to both like learn more about the city and what they like we're doing, and like be involved in that, and also just explore different ways that can you know like do environmental science like things um, in like real life. Thank you, Lizzie. And uh, existing members, um, don't think you're off the hook. Um, <laughs> we'd like you to introduce yourselves as well, um, just so um, people, uh, members of the public watching, can get a sense of who is on the commission, and also uh, the new members can also uh, get to know you. Michael, would you like to start? Just, is there anything in particular we're sharing? Just our names? Um, your names and what drew you to the commission? <laughs> Uh, my name is Michael Einan Lynch, and um, I work on neighborhood community building and resiliency, as well as um, working on strengthening the regional food shed. Um, so I was drawn to the commission um, with sort of a lifelong passion for sustainability and community. Um, and in my own life, I make a lot of I like to think about like what I can give up and like what I don't need anymore. So my family gave up flying a while ago. Um, we tried to source all of our vegetables as locally as possible from Iowa City farmers, or if not that, then regionally. Um, we grow a lot of our own food, things like that. Thank nice you. Nice to meet you all. Nice to meet you. <laughs> Me? Okay. Hi, uh, Matt Walter, and I learned about the uh, Climate Action Commission through my involvement with the uh, Business Partnerships uh, Legislative uh, Affairs Committee. And we, we got to review one of the early copies of it, and I was just really uh, excited to find out that Iowa City had a plan and was gonna model what uh, you know we can do in the state. So uh, that's what drew me here, and I guess what I kind of personally do is one of the first facts that I really liked and uh, drew from the success of our plan was that uh, we made a real impact by uh, addressing uh, energy efficiency in homes and attic insulation in particular. So uh, when I was shopping for my new home in 2020, I made sure to purchase a very energy efficient home and maintain a very energy efficient home. So uh, just looking at the ways that we can really move the needle a lot. But uh, thank you for joining. Uh, very nice to meet all three of you. Welcome. Uh, so my name is, is Stratus Yanakuros. I, I know you, Michelle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I, I am with the, I direct the Office of Sustainability and the Environment at the University of Iowa. And so obviously that's why I'm you know involved with this stuff and interested in it, but particularly climate change and thinking about 
you know, the, the relationship between the city and the university. Even though I represent myself in the committee or the commission, um, I do have knowledge of what the university's doing and it ends up being the donut hole in the middle, middle of Iowa City's plans, uh, for better or worse. And so I think that it, it's helpful that I, I hope I can bring some of that perspective or some of my background to the commission. John, I see you're, are you in Arizona? Or like, you look like you've got a lot of sun and you've been golfing. I've been doing a six week uh, climate change uh, research project in Cabo San Lucas. Oh, okay, that's even better. <laughs> so I'm retired military. I'm retired from MANA refrigeration. And in the days uh, I was with the MANA for 24 years and had a lot of interest in energy efficiency related to the appliance industry and still do. Uh, I'm also retired from uh, the University of Iowa where I directed the executive MBA program. And along with uh, two or three of others uh, on the commission, I was one of the original people that uh, were involved with the committee before we were commission and before we had uh, the climate action plan that uh, Iowa City has adopted. So I was involved in all of that. I'm specifically interested in uh, the political side of this and how anything that I can do, not because of who I am or what I know, but because of who I know and what they know. That can help in any way. To there are a lot of little do, but there's and unfortunately. I, I, hey, John, all, you're breaking up just a little bit. So the past president, <laughs> two or three times of the hour United. Pardon me. You're breaking up. I'm a also bit. the past president a couple of times of the Iowa United Nations Association. So I'm hoping to uh, co combine my Iowa UNA. Uh, my retirement status, people I know, hopefully to add some leverage to, to the legislative issues that make a big deal and what we all want to attain. Thank you. And, and by the way, thanks for the new members. Uh, we really look forward to your participation. Thank you, John. Um, Jesse, would you like to introduce yourself? Jesse Lechban with MidAmerican Energy. Um, I'm Mid-American's representative on uh, the commission, um, resident of Iowa City, um, and I have been involved with the uh, commission, like John, since before it was the commission, um, sat on the you know, steering committee um, and developed, helped develop the uh, climate action plan um, in my day-to-day work activities I helped to permit and permit and do uh, environmental um, kind of compliance um, for uh, mid-American focusing mostly on uh, wildlife issues and um, water permitting issues and so birds and bats and wind and wires it's kind of my alliterative self-imposed title um, but uh that's kind of what drives me is helping support um, the development and, and operation of uh, renewable energy um, 
across the state of Iowa and Mid-American's portfolio and doing so in a in the most responsible way we can as stewards of of the environment and um, and also balancing that with you know our ratepayers um, needs and, and obligations as well. Thank you, Jesse. And I really like I really like I, I'll I'll echo what I first said at the very first meet and greet when it was right after the uh, curbside composting, and I love still love the curbside curbside composting program here. Um, it's great. So, uh, but a welcome to everybody, all the new man- members. Um, thanks for thanks for putting your name in, and I hope we can we'll use your expertise. Thank you, Jesse. Ben, would you like to introduce yourself? Uh, Ben Grimm, I am the grounds and IPM coordinator for Iowa City Community School District. Um, So I oversee the grounds department, integrated pest management efforts, um, and I'm also the sustainability rep for the operations side of things. Um, So I oversee like uh, recycling and and, um, different energy saving efforts uh, within the district and within operations. Um, there's kind of that obvious connection being a horticulturist by trade um, just kind of following environmental um, progression and just how that really affects uh, wildlife and and plants and animals of all sorts and so there's just kind of that obvious connection and passion there Thank you Ben and Gabe we have not forgotten about you Thank you. Uh, thanks to all the new members for joining us. It's nice to have you guys here. Uh, my name is Gabriel Sturdivant. I'm starting a second career in environmental. I did customer service for a long time and decided to go back to school. And through the being a climate action ambassador, I think I was the second group to go through. Um, it, this opportunity came up and I applied and was able to get it. But I'm currently a student at the university um, studying global health, but with an environmental aspect um, through water quality and usage and sustainability. So that's kind of what my focus is. And I'm really glad to be able to help out and see what we can do to keep Iowa City green. Thank you. Great. Thank you all for uh, um, introducing yourselves. And thank you. Welcome to all the, the new members joining us. Um, in your packet, you would have seen the, um, the key duties and practices um, annual bylaws reminders. Uh, we'd like to give you a moment to review those again and ask any questions that that might bring up. And I would like to remind members if you are, uh, this is start of it, <laughs> um, remind members that if you are speaking to address your last name for people taking notes for the minutes. I guess I do have one question, and this is Gabe. Um, so for quorum, I we took the uh, training before this commission, um, and was told on the training quorum could be reached even if you were remote. Is that not the case for the city rules? Kind of just in general, that you have to be present in person for quorum. Right. Um, our um, legal department has taken a more um, 
um, conservative approach or interpretation to that. So we do, um, for quorum, need uh, members to be physically present. Sure, okay, great. Any more questions about the uh, bylaws or responsibilities? Um, so then we can move on to unfinished and ongoing business. And I think the city had update and discussion regarding the climate action plan. Yeah, Sarah has, uh, um, has included the um, latest cap update in the packet and um, is available to answer any questions or um, concerns that that raised. several little questions. Fire away. <laughs> I was wondering if you could uh, just remind us, I saw the in the building section the, um, that the recommendations are being made for the updates to the city code on to make buildings more for, ready for solar friendliness. And I was wondering if you could remind us just kind of what changes those are that you're recommending. Absolutely. And one of the other things I want to say, so just for the benefit of the new members, um, we try to provide these reports quarterly on uh, actions contained within the Climate Action Plan. Um, one of the things we wanted to do today is also get some gears turning that at any point, if there's a question that requires a more in-depth answer or really just want to hear more from the department implementing it, because of course we coordinate action across departments in the city, um, please throw out their names and we can arrange, for example, for our planning department to come and talk about those solar provisions in more detail. But broadly speaking, um, they did a comprehensive review of our code and took a look at what other cities are doing. By and large, Iowa City's uh, solar coding requirements are um, pretty much in line with best practices, but they did find some areas that they could tweak. Um, this included making some adjustments to the, um, the fencing or screening requirements to make it a little easier for po folks to put solar on their properties. Um, basically, solar exists as a by right accessory use, which means you don't necessarily, you don't have to come to the planning and zoning board and ask for a special permit to put solar on your home. Um, as long as you comply with the regulations, you can move ahead with just a simple administrative review or a permit. Um, the big one that I would say we're excited about in our office is often in communities, what stands in the way of putting solar on top of residential properties are not actually zoning regulations, but HOA regulations. And through this process, um, one of the things we discovered is we actually have the ability to preempt HOAs from preventing people from putting solar on their homes. So as part of the code update, we are going to update that language and that will prevent any future forming HOA from uh, prohibiting solar uh, installation on the homes of folks living within those residences. Now, existing HOAs are grandfathered in. We um, actually can't take that right away from them, but our hope is that this will send a signal that um, other HOAs will want to comply with as well. Um, and if you would like, after that passes, um, a more detailed update, we can reach out to planning staff and ask them to come in and just talk about that and also the EV readiness work that I think they're doing. 
or I know they're doing, <laughs> and think they would have interesting things to say. This is Sturvin. I, I just had a quick question. The um, from the solar uh, working group, they had the city has not our city council has not reconvened to see that memo that was sent. Correct. Um, no, the memo was sent to City Council. They have had a chance to review it. And in fact, this item with the code cleanup is something that um, flowed out of that. Okay. It was one of the high priority items that was designated to be done in the short term, as was one of the other items on this list, including uh, virtual net metering in our state legislative priorities. And that was included in the priorities we passed on then. Thank you. Um, this is Diana Lynch again. My next question is in the transportation section about um, the item about upcoming priority is to review parking regulations and reductions. And I was just wondering what that means, like parking reductions. Is that like reducing the number of required parking spaces at a building or? Yes, that is something our planning staff is also engaged in looking at for new development can we dial back the number of required parking spaces that go? And this is also something you're seeing um, in different communities uh, across the country. And that would apply not just for, uh, for example, commercial properties, but I think they're also looking at it for multifamily, residential, things that we can do to really encourage folks to make more use of public transportation and alternative transportation. Um, and also just better land use, frankly, you know, to not have these big parking lots that shed water and giant rain events, which we know is one of the impacts of climate change. So it's sounding to me like we might want to invite our planning staff to come in. <laughs> I just wanted to make sure I was understanding all of these upcoming yeah, yeah, yeah. priorities and be like, yeah. No apologies needed, but would you like me to extend that invitation to our planning staff? Sure. <laughs> this is interesting to anyone else. I would kind of like to to hear that regarding, especially like the um, electric vehicle, kind of what more information, like what they're seeing, what you know, pushback they've had regarding charging stations and things like that, because I know that's come up recently. So it might be nice to extend the invitation at some point. Absolutely, we'll reach out to them and see if we can schedule them for a meeting this year. And then I just, one of my questions is just about how the, what the updates mean in terms of like one of the um, action items said it wasn't started yet, but there was a lot of notes and it was like in phase three. So I was just wondering. Uh, which if, one was it specifically? Um, it was AP1 about developing new standards for new city facility construction. Like it had deadlines that were in the past, but it said it wasn't started. So I just wasn't sure, like, does that mean those things already happened and now we're in a new phase? Or like those deadlines weren't, we're like past those and we need to like make new deadlines? Um, realistically, we probably need to make new deadlines on those. The phase three items are items that aren't scheduled to be um, acted on until 2025, but some of them have things oh, that we know we need to be working on in advance to get ready for it. Um, and of course, with the staff changes we've had in the last year, some of those deadlines you know, need to be changed or rethought. We actually did have a staff retreat earlier in the year where we went through the buildings and transportation um, and updated those. But 
we still need to go through the adaptation and sustainable lifestyle sections and review those as well. So thank you for keeping us on our toes. <laughs> uh, um, okay, well then I think my last, I was really interested in the um, local procurement campaign and how the um, Beyond Plastic initiative is going. Um, when we last talked to Jane Wilch, and this probably isn't so surprising, um, she was in the phase where uh, they're reaching out to restaurants to get feedback. Um, and the feedback we got from community members was a little more robust and enthusiastic than the feedback we've gotten from uh, restaurants. We did actually reach out to CHOMP. As some of you may recall from last year, there was discussion of a pilot program to work with them um, to adopt more compostable containers. And we were working with a coordinator there who uh, shortly after we offered the grant left that position. And so the position was open and we haven't had a chance to interface with the new um, person who's taken over that. So there have been a few delays here and there. Um, but I know that Jane has continued to work diligently on that and continues to reach out to restaurants and investigate options. Um, and if you'd like, she's another person that we can invite back to give a more thorough update. I think that's the end of my questions. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much. Do others have any questions about items on the list? Uh, this is Sturdivant. I, I kind of um, mirror those questions. Some of the items that were on there look like things that were ongoing, but at the same time it said not started. So I, I was just kind of wondering, because I know it's done quarterly, I just didn't know how up, <laughs> updated that had been, because I know there had been some changes in, since the last two meetings, and I wasn't sure if that had been updated, but just kind of wait for it since, you know, with turnovers and things like that. Right. Generally speaking, with items that are labeled as um, phase three, they're not going to change from not started, even if we're doing some of the groundwork, just because we haven't done the real push to get them up and going. Um, other things, it, you know, I think this is one of the struggles we've had with this list. Like so many of these items are going to just be ongoing. It feels like they get designated ongoing and that's where they stay. But that's what they are, ongoing efforts. So um, at any time as commission members, and I know that I talked with our new members ahead of this meeting, but it's worth reiterating for all our members, one of the most important things you do on this board is uh, serve as the eyes and ears of the public in, um, and guarantee transparency about our uh, climate action plan. You know, so many cities have plans that just sit on the shelf and your job is to make sure that our plan is not doing that. So questions like these are welcome and important and uh, please don't ever feel like you're putting us on the spot to ask them. That is what you are here to do. And we are here to give the best answers we can and occasionally squirm and get you better answers. <laughs> oh, I do have one more question. Is there, um, are the, is the, tree, what is it, root for trees, and the, um, the work on native plantings in the, in the parks. I saw those like updates from like what we've done in the last year. Are those also, are those going to continue in 2023 with more? Okay. Yes, we, um, we foresee continuing the root for trees program for the indefinitely. 
it still continues to have quite robust response. Um, and we're actually starting to get some members of the public who are participating at twice. They're coming for their second voucher, which is great. The same goes with the natural areas in our parks plan. If you look at the master parks plan, um, the move is toward increasing prairie plantings and natural plantings. And in fact, um, our counterparts over in Parks and Rec reached out to us about a native planning workshop they are planning for the public for April. So um, they're moving into a phase where they're interfacing with the public as well as doing it on public lands. Is that an update that would be sent out when they, has that been actually scheduled or? It has been scheduled. Megan, do you remember the date? I believe it's April 29th, but we, we can give you the exact date and time. It will be at Robert Ailey. Okay, thank you. Were there any other questions regarding the climate action plan? Barring any other questions, I do want to call attention to one item that we've just been particularly excited about. I know in previous meetings, um, we've had discussions about Goldie and how will we know if Goldie works. One of the things that we've been tracking very closely is our insulation program, which has run uh, for the last year. So we have a bit of a before and after ability to measure on that. Um, prior to this meeting, I asked Danny to calculate the percent change in participation in that program, looking at the beginning of the year through October and then November and December when we had Goldie, we put a bird on it, so to speak. Um, we're so excited to report that we've had a 650% increase in participation in that program. Um, we've also, on our website, engaged in a bit of A and B testing. You, those of you who are here for the marketing study may recall that that was one of the things we wanted in the marketing study and weren't able to fit into the scope of services. But basically, A-B testing looks at the same message delivered different ways or sometimes two different messages to see which one resonates better. Um, and one of the things we did is set up our own A-B testing on the ICGov uh, Insulate page where we've got a Goldie video and we also have a live action video that's more in line with what we traditionally put out um, through the city. And one of the things we've been tracking is just how many clicks each video gets. Um, and it's been really interesting to see that the Goldie video right now is getting about 60% more clicks than the video that features actual Iowa City residents talking about actual benefits to their uh, living structures and energy bills. So. It is very interesting. And actually, I asked Danny to uh, have our uh, most recent Goldie video pulled up so we could show you the animated version in case you all haven't had a chance to see this. So we'll let Goldie take it away for a second. Hey, Goldie. Did you know that a poorly insulated attic loses as much heat as a window left open all winter? It's true. You can tell when a window is left open, but how do you know if you have enough attic insulation? That's right, Goldie. If you can see the joists on your attic floor, there's a good chance you need more insulation. A qualified contractor can help determine how much insulation you need by measuring your R value, a simple measure based on the depth and type of insulation you have. Knowing and addressing the current R value of your attic insulation can be the first step in lowering your electric bills. 
that too, Goldie. For more information about our values and added insulation, visit icgov.org insulate. So we just wanted to share in part to recognize the hard work that's being done by our communication staff and all the creativity and energy they've invested in this to help us make this uh, roll out a success. And, you know, Goldie's just cute, so it's worth watching the video. But um, Danny can attest to this, and we can sitting across from him, that his phone has been ringing off the hook with IC re residents who are interested in participating in the insulation program, which is a program that covers the cost in full for increasing attic insulation for income qualified households. So a program where we really were giving away essentially free money and having you know, just really trying to figure out how to get people to sign up. You wouldn't think it would be difficult, but um, Goldie has been really wonderful in accelerating the adoption of that program. So we're quite pleased. Congratulations. It's awesome. This is Sturdivant. Is there like a breakdown of different media channels that that's rolled? Does it all link back to YouTube, the YouTube video then, or is it, you know, posted on Twitter, then posted on TikTok or you know, whatever. Yeah, one of the other things we've been doing with this campaign is feeling our way through different uh, channels that we can use for future campaigns. So you'll see at the top of this, it listed all the places that we've put out something related to Goldie. So we've had ads and utility inserts in the Gazette and Little Village. Um, we put it on buses. We've had it up on electronic billboards in City Hall. And actually, I think as of last week or this week, we started trying radio ads. Last week. Last week. Um, and we've been staggering them as we roll them out and then tracking um, visits to the Insulate page and also uh, how many calls we get each week. And we can notice a bump each time one of them goes out. So part of what we're figuring out is where is our biggest bang for the buck? You know, what's the most effective? So we'll know how to utilize these channels in the future and prioritize them. I did write down a couple of stats from Zach. So Zach, or one of our communications staff members, sent Sarah and I a couple stats. So we did run the Goldie video as a Facebook ad, so we put some money behind it. It reached 15,300 people within a week, and it had 476 link clicks, so people who clicked the link to the Insulate page. Zach ensured me that this this is amazing. That never happens. You hardly get any link clicks. People don't do that. Um, he said that 55% of the audience was between the ages of 25 and 64, which is pretty good for uh, owning or buying a home. And he noticed spikes in visit to the Insulate page after... Um, the Goldie video went out with the Facebook ad at the end, and then Iowa City Update, and I believe also after the Gazette ad went out, we saw a spike in that page. So honestly, um, I think Goldie, that campaign has done really well, and we can see it in the results, and we'll continue to see it as time goes on. We're looking into a Spotify ad towards the end of the month as well. And the next campaign will John roll out. Frazier, if I can make, oh, go ahead. John Frazier, if I could make a comment. Please do. This is just for the new members. I can't tell you how how fun it is to see these positive Goldie numbers 
and to see the uh, videos because as you'll learn as time goes on characters like Goldie don't appear overnight staff went to work on a lot of research a lot of marketing research we looked at different appearances of what Goldie looked like what Goldie sounded like what Goldie's name was the legal issues that we were concerned about related as to whether identifying at the same time it's frustrating when you uh, are working with the city and you have to follow all the rules and all the regulations and do all the research but I just tell you having been here for uh, gosh a few years now the uh, the level of uh, enjoyment when we see one of these programs actually come to fruition and work is very very gratifying you'll be seeing that but i just want you to appreciate that uh, sometimes these things take time <laughs> thank you thanks john um, and then if I could toot our horn in one other little area, um, and then we can move on. I just wanted to call attention to one other item that might be easy to overlook, and that's the third item under uh, buildings, where we have gotten confirmation from the IC Area Association of Realtors that they are going to be including energy performance fields in their MLS property inventory starting this year, which is a big deal. Um, it means that everybody who comes to purchase a home in Iowa City will be receiving some information about the energy efficiency measures that are included in that home. We recognize that this is a basically a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Um, these updates don't come along very often, and so we have then proceeded to partner with ICAR to bring in the trainer that um, those of you who've been on the commission may recall we sponsored uh, several Iowa City area realtors to go to a training in Des Moines um, to learn how to use these fields and what the values of them are. And that's actually how the discussion got started, really to pick up momentum to put the uh, inclusion in the listings. And so we're gonna bring that same trainer in um, to Iowa City to train all the area realtors for free in how to use those fields. So the fields won't just be listed, we'll have folks who are like, fully able to understand them and talk about them with clients coming in. And in fact, the trainer, when we reached out to them to uh, bring her in to do this training, was just flabbergasted and said she's been working for years with realtors in Chicago to try to get the same kind of progress and said that uh, when these get implemented, we will have among the most progressive MLS listings in the country. So we're just so excited about that victory. and. Uh, Hopefully, <laughs> the next time you get one of these updates, that'll be something that'll be moved from ongoing to completed, which, <laughs> yay. <laughs> uh, this is sort of, I had a question regarding that. Is, does the city say what is included in that, or is there a predetermined list or measurement? Like, how does it look? It, does the city determine that, or is that? something they determine? Um, no, that's something that's determined by the industry. And there are recommended listings that the area realtors have gone through and picked out the ones that they think are of most value. Um, now that we've got the trainer coming in, um, she has also offered to go over the list with them and pick out, you know, make recommendations as well. Ultimately, it's in the hand of the realtors um, because it's their listing. But we're really excited. We're really excited. I would say if the city were to pick the fields, we would be picking the same ones. 
Thank you. Was there anything else under new business that needed to be addressed aside from chair and vice chair? Um, no, the um, new business will be completely um, <clears throat> um, um, electing a new chair and vice chair. Uh, just a quick note about the duties. Um, so the chair presides over all meetings and um, the vice chair assumes those duties in the absence of the chair. And we would like to um, um, encourage those um, appearing over Zoom uh, to nominate or, um, or volunteer themselves. Um, but uh, you can go ahead and uh, start that process. As well as those of you in the room. <laughs> <laughs> Is there anybody that would like to nominate themselves or somebody else for chair or vice chair? Um, one note, we should elect the chair first. Oh, chair, okay. Any nominations for chair? You can nominate yourself as well. Or if anybody has any questions about what the responsibilities of the chair are, we're happy to answer those questions to make it easier to volunteer. <laughs> I nominate you. I nominate. I'd like to nominate Mikhail to be chair. Oh, you're nominating me? Yeah. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I was just going to ask if there are there additional like meetings with you ahead of time as the chair, or I don't think there's any note taking responsibilities or anything like that. No, there are no note-taking responsibilities. Generally, um, it doesn't have to be this way, but we do like the chair to be someone who's been on the commission for at least a year, which clearly, Michael, you have. Um, essentially, what you do is run the meetings. Uh, we do have a meeting that we set up ahead of time. Um, usually, it takes somewhere between a half hour to an hour over the phone or Zoom ahead of the actual meetings to run through the agenda so that the chair feels fully prepared and ready to take us through. Um, and that really largely is the responsibility uh, or the extent of the responsibilities for the chair. And then the vice chair would be the same except they fill in when the chair can't lead a meeting. I accept <laughs> your nomination. <laughs> do, we sec do we need a second on that or is it just a vote? Yeah, we would need someone to formally move and someone to second it and then a vote. Okay. Move for Michael Annan Lynch as chair. I second. <laughs> <laughs> all right. And then if you just want to take a vote by asking all those in favor to say aye. All those in favor, say aye. 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 Congratulations, Michael. <laughs> Thank you.
Um, then we'll do vice chair. And for vice chair, anyone, we don't have the same kind of preference for someone who's been involved for a year. So if somebody is new and is interested in serving as vice chair, you're certainly welcome to, as well as those of you who've been with us for a while. Are there any nominations for vice chair? I'd like to nominate Matt. Freaker? This Matt or Matt? <laughs> <laughs> Matt Walter. I say I think Gabriel's doing a very good job over yeah. there, so I would also nominate <laughs> Gabe. Yeah. I, I have no objections to that on my end. I, I, uh, I, I'm, I'm open to it, but uh, I, I haven't been part of it for very long, so I, uh, I would nominate and put my motion towards Gabe before myself. Anybody second or er, motion for Gabriel Sturdivant for vice chair? I'll motion, Gabe, for Gabriel. Second. Silman, I'll second that. And then you take a vote. Vote on Gabriel Servant as vice chair. I'll aye. say aye. 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 Any objections? Uh, technically, you could probably ask for nays as well. <laughs> Are there any nays? <laughs> All right, the motion passes. Congratulations, Gabe. Thank you very much. And then for the uh, for the recap, is there anything we need to cover on that? Um, the next meeting will be Monday, February 6th at 3.30 p.m. in the same location. And there's no actionable items. I do not believe any actionable items came up other than um, um, staff will reach out to planning staff to uh, develop a presentation um, for the commission on the uh, uh, planning efforts. Yeah, there'll be a number of things they can update us on, so that'll be good. And it sounded like maybe we wanted Jane Wilch to come back as well. Is that right? Okay. At some point when she's available too. All right, so then I will motion to adjourn. Any motions for adjourn? Walter, I can I'll move. move to adjourn. Both <laughs> <laughs> those count as a second? Why don't we say that uh, Walter motioned and Lechban seconded? <laughs> Perfect. All right, meeting is adjourned.